Hey, Ding Dongs! Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's the Paris of people. It's my sister, Marissa. Quick, I gotta justify this pro-slavery stance. <laughs> what did you call it? To the, to the crap library? Yes. <laughs> um, while The Good Place is on hiatus, we are looking at other shows that are related to The Good Place. So we've had a mixed bag, I think, so far this this <laughs> month in the Sherniverse. We've had a mixed bag the whole summer, quite frankly. Yeah, I think so, too. I can't wait for The Good Place to come back. But this week, we very happily watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was a real delight. Before we it get to the recaps... It was just like... It was such a shining gem of glory. I am so happy with it. Really funny and just like very feel good. Before we get to the recaps, you can find us on iTunes, at, on Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Uh, please also rate and review us on iTunes if you can. That would be lovely. And you can also follow and like us on Facebook. Uh, we have a group at the Good Play, uh, Twitter at the Good Play Pod, and you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com and we have an email that we're very excited about that we're going to discuss at the end yeah i want to forward promote a few things we did get an email about season three we're going to discuss that so like mild spoilers if you don't like those we'll warn you again when we are about to talk about it a couple of reactions to some stuff i did want to say up front that my husband asked me if i was listening to the official good place podcast because apparently it's getting rave reviews um i can't emotionally <laughs> listen to it you know it would be like if you baked your sister a wedding cake and you worked really hard on it and then like the cake boss came and that cake had like electricity in it and like lights and (laughs) and, and, like a little ferris wheel on top or something and you were like yeah but i worked really hard on my cake and it's It's delicious it's just not that it's not a cake boss cake it's like tahani's party versus the demon's party Excellent, relevant analogy, yes. So I cannot (laughs) find it within myself to listen to the official Good Place podcast. If any of you wants to be our official Good Place podcast uh, correspondent, the job is open. Shoot us an email and you can (laughs) write in a report as often as you like and we will read it on air. Or if any guests on the actual Good Place podcast are for some reason listening to this and you want to come hang out with us, we're probably Perhaps a little out of bit a sense more of confusion. <laughs> if you're like, wait, I thought I was talking to Mark Evan Jackson. What is with these two girls? I can't tell their voices apart. Welcome to the show. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. That's the story on that. But we have a lot of, after we do our Brooklyn Nine-Nine recap and discussion, we have several Good Place-related sort of news items and and things to discuss. So stay tuned, folks. We're getting, as we inch closer to that September 27th Season 3 premiere, you know, it's going to start rolling in. It's going to get more and more exciting. And frankly, not a moment too soon, because August is supposed to be Fan Fiction Month. And uh, I, I don't saw know your notes about that, and I was like, "Oh, are we really doing that?" I thought that was a joke. <laughs> I thought that was a straight up goof. <laughs> well, it, I don't. Mm, <laughs> I'm still not sure because I started reading some of the fanfics, and here's the problem for me. I do want to get to Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I want to talk about this for a moment. Okay. The problem for me is that 
I I don't mind reading a good fanfic, right? Like, good fanfic. I'll read a good fanfic. I read two pretty decent ones that are supposed to be, like, basically what happens after the season two finale. And I mean, they were pretty similar, but I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And these are different ideas about it, and I have critiques or whatever. But I don't know how interesting it is to kind of minutely discuss a fanfic as though it were remains of the day. You know, but on the other hand, the, the other extreme of fanfic is just bat crap crazy. And or I don't have the stomach. Times. Well, so I, well, the the Venn diagram is practically a circle. And I don't <laughs> really have, I don't really have the stomach for that. I, I, I clicked on one. I just want to say ahead of time. <laughs> I sorted the stories on Archive of Our Own by length because I figured it's no good for us to discuss one that's like 600 words, right? Like we'd have to discuss one that was like long enough to be a topic of discussion. So I sorted, you know, descending by length, how many words it was. And I kind of just picked the top five or something. And two of them were about like, oh, what happens after season two? But there are, there's a lot of shipping going on in the most popular ones. And like, you know, some of the, I didn't, I didn't happen to click on any that were Eleanor Tahani, but I think that's like a major ship and I've got no problems with that. And probably, you know, if we do do fanfic month, we're going to have to end up doing at least one Eleanor Tahani <laughs> fic. Yeah. But there's also a lot of Eleanor Michael. And I, Ooh. yeah, it's gross. I mean, it's super gross. I clicked on one and I was like kind of half reading it behind my hand, you know, like sort of between my ring and middle finger peering out and um no i didn't even get to anything risque it, it was just like trying to digest the fan fiction inner monologue of michael appreciating eleanor's physical form i was like nope 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 to puss noping away nope 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 <laughs> i can't so I, wanna, I just can't i want to be clear about something and i think you're on board <laughs> with this too this is not this is not a, a slam on anybody who reads or writes fan fiction. I believe we have both done both in our day. Oh, yeah. You want to get me talking about my fan fiction authorial career? Like, I have, I have war stories, my friends. Yeah. So, like, this is, that's, this is absolutely not us saying that fan fiction is not worth anybody's time. I think the point more is, would it be an entertaining, like thing to spend a month on I, <laughs> yeah, a, is a long time it's a long time sure my friend. is <laughs> so we're, yeah we we're might have to that. yeah anyway In let's get meantime, to Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah, let's yeah. Do that. which okay. was so lovely yeah <laughs> it was so lovely we watched two episodes well I actually watched three episodes but you didn't get to the yeah. third one right yeah that's right so I watched the both of us watched season one, episode 16, which is called The Party, and season two, episode nine, The Road Trip, which uh, I want to thank at JT Gamey on Twitter. I hope I'm pronouncing that handle correctly for recommending those episodes to us because uh, nobody really <laughs> had any episodes to recommend to us on Facebook. And so it was really nice to actually get somebody sort of being like, here's the episode numbers. Here's the title. Like, go watch these. Like, okay, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. It really helped us because we're, we are fully new to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, both of us. So it's nice. To I may become a Nine-Nine head. What do they call themselves? Um, Brooklynite squad, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say the Brooklynites is a soul coughing album. It's probably not that. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, let's start with season one, episode 16, The Party. So I didn't know who any of these characters were. We, we get a kind of crash course into them. One of them, you know, might be a police officer, but to me is always going to be a weirdo kid in One Hot American Summer. <laughs> oh, J- uh, Joe LaTrulio? Yeah. Uh, that's right. He was in Wet Hot. Oh, I was wondering on. what I knew. No, the I was trying to figure where popped I, him, I was like, oh, he's the one who's making fun of the other guy for still being a virgin. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So that nope, was every, every time I saw his face, it was felt like he was transplanted in from the Wet Hot American Summer <laughs> Universe. Uh, so and there's like a lot of, I think if there's one weakness of the show, it's almost that there's like too many characters. Yeah. It's kind of hard to keep a handle on all of them. And I'm not going to make a huge attempt to like explain who everybody is. So sorry <laughs> if you really want to know, maybe look at the IMDb page or something. They have a, a wiki fandom whole situation. So that's, I did right. a lot of research there. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Because I did not remember anybody's names. <laughs> not a single person. So the party is about, so the captain of this precinct, who's Captain Holt, is uh, gay and he's he's married to a man. And so Captain Holt and his husband's name is, is Kevin. So Kevin, Kevin has, right, it's pronounced funny, that's very weird. Kevin has invited the whole precinct over for his husband's birthday party. And Santiago is like super psyched because she's like a super brown noser. Is that the deal? She's just very, she's like an overachiever and she wants to get in Holt's good graces. I wrote this in the discussion, but to my mind, she is like a low rent Leslie Nope. <laughs> she's like, she's yeah, not as I think... competent or chill as Leslie, but she has the same kind of underlying uh, desires. She also doesn't have as much confidence as Leslie Nope does. Like, yeah, she's not as old as Leslie was either. Yeah. I'm not saying Leslie was old, but I think they're about a decade apart in age or something. So Jake, who's, what the hell is his actual name? Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Yeah. So Jake, who's Andy Samberg, who's like, I guess he's nominally the protagonist, right? Yeah. The way that Eleanor is nominally the protagonist of The Good Place, right? Even though it's an ensemble show. Yeah. Jake's like, oh, Captain Holt doesn't actually want us here, you know, and it's just Kevin invited us just to be polite. And so all of the squad is like, oh, we know we're going to go to this party or whatever. And then uh, Terry Crews, who is called Terry, thank God. That was the one where I was like, I know his <laughs> name because it's his real name. <laughs> yeah. Terry Crews, who is this, he's an amazing person in real life. Yes, <laughs> he's like, he is. He's the, he's the opposite of toxic masculinity. He's, yeah. he's a gem. Yeah. He's like, all of you all need to learn how to act like grown-ups at right. a grown-up party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like, don't wear shorts and bring a bottle of wine and show up on time. And they're all like, ugh. So he's like... Don't look at your phones. He He's a sergeant. So he's sort of like, he's like next in the chain of command after the captain. Is that right? Yeah, so I, uh, for those of you who are like real dedicated Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans, I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, but I think the conceit of the first season is that Holt is new. He's a new captain and Terry Crews is the sergeant who's like trying to prove the worth of all of his detectives. Okay. So it's basically like in it roughly chain of commandy. It's sort of like the uniform officers on the bottom and then the detectives and then the sergeant and then the captain. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Are all of the characters, all detectives. It seemed to me like Chelsea Peretti 
was just Gina's not a Gina's homeless a... lady living in the police station. Gina is a civilian. She's like a dispatcher, I think. Or she's a... Let me look her up. But I know she's a civilian. She's the, the 99 Precinct's sardonic civilian administrator. That's how the fandom or the wiki fandom uh, describes her. Okay, that makes sense to me. Because yeah. yeah. she did not seem like an officer to me. No, at she's all, definitely anyway. not. She's chaotic. Uh, neutral? No, neutral? Evil? Neutral. <laughs> she toes that line. Neutral. Yeah, she's just she chaotic. Anyway. So the, the whole squad kind of gets together outside the captain's beautiful, a beautifully appointed home. Yes. And they've all brought the same cheap bottle of wine. And Jake's late, but they all go in together, and we learn that Kevin is Mark Evan Jackson. So, you know, Captain Holt is played by Andre Brower, who just has, like, the driest possible delivery. And then he's married to Mark Evan Jackson. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, it's it's dry on dry on dry. You know, it's it's very funny. So It it works very well. So Kevin sort of greets the squad... And it's clear he's, like, not super amused by their presence, which is weird because he invited them. And, you know, he immediately turns his nose up at the wine that they've brought. And Jake is like, hey, you know, we brought some grisly murder stories, you know, for you to feast on. And he's like, yeah, no cop talk at all in my house. And so Jake is, like, immediately on the on the wrong foot. Yeah, that's just where he lives. It's on the wrong foot. <laughs> So everyone else at this party is a friend of Kevin's, and Kevin is a professor of classics at Columbia and met when he was writing uh, some sort of article for The New Yorker about, I guess, police and called Captain Holt for a quote. And yeah. they met for dinner and they've been together ever since. It was very yeah. cute. That and I was like, cute. oh, I was like, oh, we got a New Yorker reference. This We got a live one. Yeah, yeah that's what I said, too. <laughs> By the way, apparently someone told me recently that Ron Swanson has a sardonic quote about frozen yogurt. Oh. So we're seeing some through up. lines in the Scherniverse for I frozen yogurt is bad. New Yorker is bad. <laughs> Can't really agree with that second one. <laughs> New Yorker is just stuffy, I think, is the, you know. what It's wonderful is what it is. <laughs> so the whole squad, like, immediately forks everything up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're getting all they're getting their clothes dirty and it's a hot mess yeah and 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 chelsea peretti gina i guess is her name yeah gina Linetti. Her character's name gina just starts stealing things so terry cruz kind of like <laughs> i love that <laughs> terry cruz is like it's like diaz stay with gina make sure she doesn't steal anything and gina's like too late <laughs> <laughs> but terry cruz like tries to like get everyone to play to their strengths like there's one guy scully i think yeah who is like really into opera and is like a really good singer he's like you go talk about opera and you know gina get diaz cover gina and too late. <laughs> and santiago keep your mouth shut basically and stop snooping and guy from wet hot american summer you talk food and he does. They all do. They follow his instructions and they sort of try to, they sort of kind of do better at the party. Mm-hmm. The guy from What Hot American Summer ends up running into a female foodie who has like written a book that he loves. And eventually they end up making out in a closet, <laughs> yeah. which is 
super gross. Not the making out part. There's like a part to the making out that I was like, ah, no. <laughs> but Santiago can't help herself and she's like snooping on the captain and Terry Crews keeps trying to get her to stop. Meanwhile, Jake is trying to impress Kevin by pretending to have read The New Yorker. So this entire time he is on a quest to find the latest issue of The New Yorker. I think... I mean, I laughed a lot, but one of my favorite parts of this <laughs> is when he's on the phone with his credit card company. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I tried to buy an online subscription to The New Yorker, but based on my recent purchases, they immediately flagged it as fraud. <laughs> and Terry Cruz is like, put your phone away. The first two paragraphs are free. Yeah. <laughs> the preview site. <laughs> well, and also... Um... It shows a flashback of him, like, he's like, ooh, I've read The New Yorker, and he's at his dentist's office, and he's laughing, because they've given him laughing gas, but then you find out the article that he was laughing at was an article about human trafficking. (laughs) By David Remnick, a wonderful staff writer for The New Yorker. They actually name-checked David Remnick. So Kevin's actually really interested in having this conversation, and Jake keeps, Well, he's like... he's interested in humiliating Jake, right? It's very clear, especially from what comes later. He doesn't really want yeah. to have an intellectual discussion about human trafficking, right? Especially mm. at his husband's birthday party. He wants to <laughs> humiliate this young cop. And so Jake is just, like, on a hunt through the house. Like, he's got to find this New Yorker. Eventually, he ends up in their bedroom because he thinks that the New Yorker, I think, Correctly, the this New was on the bedside this table. Was after, yeah. Well, no, because it was after he and Kevin have the conversation where Kevin was saying, I just read it before going to bed the other night. And, right. Um, and it's the conversation where Jake accidentally gives himself a pro slavery stance. <laughs> right. You know, Kevin says, like, what did you think of his thesis vis a vis, you know, the realities of the American economy? Whatever. And, and like, Jake's like, oh, vis-a-vis, the vis-a-vis. First two paragraphs. <laughs> first two paragraphs, I thought, I didn't agree with the thesis at all. And Kevin's like, so you're pro-human slavery. <laughs> Jake's like, oh, gotta, gotta go. I'll be right back. We're gonna have this yeah. conversation later. Yeah. So Jake goes snooping around. He finds an old photo of when Captain Holt joined, I guess, when he either joined the force or he was promoted at one point. Where a bunch of other officers are sort of in like promposal poses with their <laughs> their female dates, and he's sort of with Captain Holt is with Kevin, and it's like in a very uncomfortable sort of distance from the others and distance from each other, which ends up he, being and important he, later. And, and he looks at the photo and he says, "It's Black Tom Selleck and White Sydney Poitier," <laughs> which I froze frame it, and I was like, "Froze frame? Black Tom, Fro- yeah, froze frame. No, you're right." You're right. Never mind. I've never heard that in past tense. No, I. it sounded weird even as I was saying it. And I was like, Black Tom Selleck, yes. White Sidney Poitier? No. <laughs> but okay, whatever. Yeah. In any case, they, they end up in... So so Jake ends up in the captain's bedroom with... As does Terry Crews and Santiago, who... Santiago's trying to snoop. Terry Crews is trying to put a leash on these two snoopers and Jake is trying to get the New Yorker. <laughs> they end up overhearing the couple kind of coming up the stairs and they try to hide in the bathroom, but the dog's in the bathroom. Santiago's allergic to dogs. And they just hear the beginning of sort of like a very, they've been together for like 30 years, right? A long time. Yeah. I think 
and it's like i was like yeah this sounds like a fight that a couple that's been together for 30 years would have just about how like kevin's like i don't even know why you wanted to invite them and captain holt's like because i like them and i wish you would give them a chance which is sort of a reversal right we've been assuming the whole episode that because captain holt's not very demonstrative that they assume that kind of kevin made the invite but it, it turns out that kevin may have been the face of the invite but really it was captain holt who kind of (laughs) strong-armed his husband into extending the invite but then the dog makes santiago sneeze and they find them in the (laughs) bathroom andre brower's delivery is like always amazing he's just sort of like santiago are you stuck in the bathroom with a dog that you're deeply allergic to (laughs) and she's like no (laughs) so you know everyone's like well you ruined the party and that's you don't really see after that. that. They just kind of get ejected. Oh, it's also important to note along the same lines of the picture, one of the other notable things that happens at the party is that the guy, Scully, who's singing opera, he has a partner on the force named, oh, I forget his name. I don't know. Uh, just another Hitchcock. chubby old white dude. Hitchcock. Chubby old white dude. Hitchcock. And one of the people at the party who's a friend of kevin's asks hitchcock like because hitchcock says oh we're partners we've been partners for you know however many years and the guy assumes that that means that they're gay and says did you ever get harassed and hitchcock says why would we have gotten harassed he said oh because you're gay and your partners on the nypd so that's the that's the other kind of like puzzle piece Right, so what happens is that Jake kind of has a Sherlock moment. (laughs) Do you ever watch Sherlock? You would know that at the end, Holmes kind of goes... I'm talking about the Benedict Cumberbatch version. He kind of, like, goes into his mind palace, and he's, like, seeing there... Or it's actually, like, psych, too, right? It's like, oh, I'm flashing back to the episode. my favorite show in the whole world, yes. (laughs) Yep. Can we do psych (laughs) next month? Can we just do a month of psych? That's a little too much psych for me. Ugh. All right. I'm not saying no to doing it for a week, but I don't think okay. I can do it for a month. Okay. So we see Jake sort of like flashing back to like, oh, the picture where they were apart from everybody and Scully and Hitchcock getting asked if they were discriminated against and this, that, the other thing, whatever. Like, I get it now. He goes to see Kevin at Columbia, <laughs> which they're in Brooklyn. That's a long subway ride, but whatever. That is a long subway goes- ride. Because, <laughs> I mean, they've got a feud going with the MTA, so, you know, it's got, it's, it's got to be very emotionally difficult for him. <laughs> he goes to see Kevin at Columbia and he says, I get it, you know, you think that cops are anti-gay and you did not want them at your party. And Kevin says, and this is actually sort of beautiful and sad, right? He says, because he's gay, Raymond has been put through hell by his colleagues, many of whom, quite frankly, look exactly like you, right? Which is totally legit. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Jake's like, we're going to make it up to you. And so they get a, they get together, everybody on the squad to make a birthday dinner for Captain Holt for just for him and Kevin. And they get Scully to sing opera, and they get Gina to return all the silverware she stole. There was a whole side plot Diaz I about goes, her. Uh, Diaz goes, and this clock. And he, and he goes, that's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole side plot I missed about how the way that Diaz gets Gina out of the way is to introduce her to the abnormal psychologists at the party. And they're all absolutely in awe of her 
abnormalness, <laughs> abnormality, yeah. whatever. It's 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 a pretty funny sight gag. Like every cut, there's more psychologists around her. <laughs> they call her like the the complete. Uh, I forget the exact quote, but it's like the id and the ego, the complete overlap of the id and the ego. Yeah, I've never. Which I've, means I've heard basically it before, but I've never seen right. it. <laughs> it's not as though Freudian psychology is really a thing anymore. But it, but the the complete overlap of the id and the ego would mean that your selfhood is a hundred percent dominated by your baser impulses. That sounds like Gina. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about this one first or do you want to do the second recap and then we'll talk about them together? I think we should do all the recaps and then talk about everything together. So the next one we watched was season two, episode nine, The Road Trip, which is all about how uh, Jake and Amy Santiago, whatever, Amy Santiago, Amy Santiago is her name, right? Um, Jake and Amy have to go upstate to do a prisoner transfer. I mean, like literally they're like driving him in a, in their sedan with him in the back. It's not even a cop car. It's just a car. They're going to drive him from some upstate New York prison. The warden is making it a pain for them. So they have to go and he skipped bail uh, in the city and tried to leave and then got uh, picked up upstate. It was in some town. I feel like I'd heard of right. Newstad or New York. I don't know where that is. Okay. They have to be there like obnoxiously early. So they decide to go up the night before and, Jake is apparently dating Eva Longoria. <laughs> so yes. he decides, because they're going to stay in a and b in this like little town, he decides to make a romantic weekend of it with, or just like a romantic overnight of it with Eva Longoria. And Amy kind of says like, oh, oh, you know, Teddy would never think of anything like that. So Jake's trying to be helpful. And I guess something happen like so the problem is like of course we don't have any of the background for this episode so because there's all this jake and amy stuff going on but i was like wait what i just what okay so i'm gonna admit something about myself to you and everyone all all 12 of you who are listening Um, no hey we had it's there are dozens of them dozens all all, all dozens of you who are listening so i have a like weird thing where I am will go on to YouTube and just if I know that there's a ship in a show, I Uh-oh. will go and watch people's fan videos of no. the ship. <laughs> I yes I do. With the terrible yes. music in the background? Sometimes it has terrible music and sometimes it's just clips, but mostly it's just it's terrible music. And that is the reason why I know about all the Amy and Jake stuff, because I have watched many fan videos about them i'm sorry I am... to my family yeah, I don't... and to <laughs> this country <laughs> i'm not sure how much i want to even engage with that admission but i will say like i don't and maybe if i watched a bunch of this maybe i'd be like very into this ship but obviously having just watched three episodes i i i don't have maybe i don't have all the emotional punch to it but like just watching it i'm like Amy's kind of a nothing character to me. Like, she's like a beige scarf. Like, she's functional. She's not exactly exciting. And it's not the first thing I'd pick out of the closet. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I feel a little differently because I think she's... I think if you watch more of it, I think she's supposed to be a real foil for him. But he's also just such a strong personality that I think her her personality ends up being a little bit more reserved Hmm. in comparison. 
But yeah, so I did know that there was Jake and Amy stuff. I didn't realize that that was what this episode was because I, again, watching fan videos, you don't always get the number of the episode in which something happens. <laughs> so I knew about I knew about some of this, but I didn't know when it happened. The, the in in the Sherniverse that we have seen thus far, it seems to me this is I I would think the closest relationship to this might be Eleanor and Sheedy. Does that strike you as fair? Why, uh... You know, there's one half that's very sort of, like, morally upright and, and reserved, and then there's another half that's a little bit kind of like the crazy one of the bunch. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it is a workplace romance, so it does kind of have echoes of Parks and Rec and stuff, too. Right. I mean, I was thinking Jim and Pam more than anybody in Parks and Rec, maybe. Yeah. But... But I have to say, like, if I wanted to compare them to Eleanor and Cheedy, like, there is nothing about either Eleanor or Cheedy that is, like, underwritten or uninteresting. Whereas with Amy, I was like, I don't know. Uh, she's just kind of a female character. Like, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't seem to have, you know, as Leslie Nope would have said to uh, Patton Oswald, the female part's a little underwritten, sir. <laughs> Uh, maybe she gets, I don't know. I haven't watched enough to. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like bang my gavel here and be like, hear ye, hear ye. A- Amy's not a good character. Cause I don't know. But like, just from these three episodes that I watched, I was like, she, she, you know, she's kind of a cipher as far as I'm concerned. But I, let, let me get well, through this. Let me get through yeah. this recap. Okay. So in the cold open, Neil from Wet Hot American Summer and Jake, uh, have a whole in- incredibly complicated plan to go undercover as dock workers including full costumes and full fake identities when they (laughs) are told that the crime has been solved already and the captain's like you have 10 minutes and they go and they (laughs) pretend to be dock workers for 10 minutes and it's pretty hilarious so then they they, they go upstate right Jake is with Ava Longoria Jake calls Teddy who's Amy's boyfriend and says hey Teddy surprise Amy by coming upstate Teddy's another cop in a different precinct I think yeah yeah and Jake and he had or not Jake uh, Amy and he had previously dated a few times gone on a few dates okay yeah so there's a there's a B plot it's a pretty minor B plot about how Captain Holt asks the guy from Wet Hot American Summer to help him learn how to cook so that he can cook for Kevin's birthday i think oh anniversary for their anniversary and the guy from Red hot american summer is like so super psyched because he doesn't feel like he has a close relationship with the captain and he like kind of tries to i'm just gonna go through this whole b plot because there's no sense in yeah. like interspersing it it doesn't tie into yeah. the a plot at all he kind of goes through this whole thing where he's trying to because captain holt could not care less about food and Wet hot american summer is a huge foodie as was established in the other episode we watched and in fact was referenced again in the third episode that i watched so he kind of tries to walk the captain through like the sort of the emotionality of food maybe and the captain's not giving him anything he tries to teach him to make scrambled eggs and the captain is impatient and kind of messes it up and then the captain goes home and tries to do it anyway and he makes like a perfect breakfast sandwich or something and brings one in for wet hot american summer who tastes it and says that now he knows how salieri felt which was a pretty mm. good punchline <laughs> i was like that that storyline was kind of worth it just for that punchline yeah um oh there's like a, the there's a c plot too i was gonna say the c plot is uh is My diaz is ferociously sick she has a really really bad cold but she's trying to like 
interrogate a perp. Yeah, she's on a drug task force and she's she has a drug dealer that she's trying to break. And she will not, she won't go home sick. So what ha- ends up happening is that Gina, <laughs> <laughs> Gina gives her cold medicine. It's the non-drowsy no, no. kind. She, she, she drinks cold medicine that is the non-drowsy kind. She gets it from the closet. Oh, that's herself. what I said. Oh. oh, she okay, whatever. But Terry okay. Crews is like, oh my god, it was the non-Jersey kind, like, what can we do? And Gina's like, hey, can I just, like, lock her in a room? And Terry Crews is like, no. And then Terry Crews leaves and Gina's like, yeah, I'm gonna lock her in a room. And she <laughs> locks Diaz in, a in like, a supply closet. And Diaz, like, sort of tries to get out, but then, like, immediately kind of collapses for ten hours. And then she busts out by breaking the glass. <laughs> Which, by the way, the same gag happens in the third episode I watched. Jake oh, really? sets off a a gigantic Christmas tree, like an inflatable one. He starts inflating it and they all, it's inside of a conference room and it's huge and it fills up the conference room and they all escape except for Terry Crews, who is pinned up against the glass of the, <laughs> of the conference room by this giant tree. And then he bursts out and he's like, yeah, and they all scream and cheer. And it's amazing. <laughs> so this one I love, this one I loved because we might talk about this in the discussion section, but I think Gina's hysterical. And when she first sees Diaz is sick, she's like, is it cholera? Is it typhoid? Are you a vampire? My horoscope said to wear a cowl neck today. And I laughed. And then later (laughs) when she like later when Diaz is asking for cold medicine, Gina's holding up two pencils, like a cross because she (laughs) thinks that Diaz is a vampire. And then after that, like at the very end when Terry Crews is like, hey, what happened to uh, Diaz? She's like, oh, I, I put her in here and she's been sleeping this whole time. And then you see Diaz like punch through the door and bust out. Gina like <laughs> tries to act like she didn't have any part in this. And she's like, oh, my God, Rosa, is that you? You look so good, girl. Uh, anyway, I got to go. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Terry paid me $20 to put you in there. Yeah. And I used it to buy yeah. you this care package. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, I yeah, well, I thought yeah. that was hysterical. It's very it's very funny. And Terry Crews, I think, ends up interrogating the drug dealer and getting the information that they need, so yeah. everything's okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the A plot a little bit. So they're at they drive up to the B and B. Jake tells Amy, like I told Teddy to meet you here, and she's like, Jake, no, I was gonna break up with him and Jake's like, uh oops, well I'll be here for you, even though Ava Longoria you know, just wants to use this as like a romantic getaway. And she booked them the doll room, which I legit laughed every time, you know, he would walk, he walked into the room. There was a thousand dolls and he was like, ah, dolls! <laughs> like I really laughed. And then they're like, Oh, let's, you know, let's make out. And it's like, maybe we can do it in the closet where the dolls can't see. They open the closet and it's like a thousand puppets. And he's like, ah, more puppets. And like, he's like, Too many like puppets. I laughed, I laughed my buttocks off at that so obviously they're like discomfited by the dolls and then they end up going down for dinner like a a a double date dinner and amy's plan is to like be cool and chill but she breaks like immediately and says that she wanted to break up with teddy and she just doesn't feel the spark or whatever and teddy's like no it's not that it's because Jake told you that he liked you and I think he like I think you like him back and everyone's like oh this is the most awkward dinner of all time yeah Teddy leaves Ava Longoria is not amused yeah although 
it's arguably it's really not Jake's fault. And but you know, he, Jake and Ava Longoria like you know are still together at the end of the episode. They. Jake and Amy drive the perp back to the... It's very funny. They drive the perp back to the city, and at first he is in the seat, back seat, like, kind of listening, and then, you know, they're just kind of, like, harping on about how they have this sort of unresolved sexual tension, and he just falls asleep. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But yeah, so Jake is like, so, you like me back? Like, oh, and he just, he, like, will not let it go, and that's kind of the end of the episode. Yeah. So... I assume they eventually get together. I mean, this seems to be a pretty sure yeah, thing is for them. They get married. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it seems like they weren't together. I don't think in the season four episode I watched. I could be wrong about that, but I, they didn't seem like they were together. No. Oh, wait. They were together. Oh, yeah. So the guy from What Hot American Summer was taunting Jake about how he was never going to have children. But I think it was because he was like, what are you and me waiting for, possibly? So I guess maybe they were together. But maybe not married. Whatever. So that happened, I guess. <laughs> if I watch the whole show, I guess I will see this relationship through. Or you can just do what I do and watch the fan wh- video. I mean... It's a really also- economical way to have all of your feelings at one time. <laughs> when you just schedule it, you're like, 9 p.m. I'm going to have my feelings for the day. The other 23 hours. <laughs> No feelings. 9 p.m. <laughs> 9 p.m. I'm going to fill this hole this hole in my life that is romance by watching <laughs> fictional people fall in love. I just feel like there oh, are did books. Did I just reveal something about myself? I'm sorry. <laughs> there are books for this. That's why there are books. Books? Yeah, but that's a whole book I got to read. The book you have me reading right now, there's no romance in it. What am I doing? You have to wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You'll get there. Just wait. Okay. Books are good. Anyway, so <laughs> just well, okay. like, I just want to put on a put in a plug for books. All the cameras on me. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you talk about where the nine nine is according to the map in their office? Yes. Okay. So I did some snooping, and because you live um, in Brooklyn, because I live in Brooklyn. And um, every once in a while, when I have watched other clips, not just these Jake and Amy fan videos, but like when I watch other clips, when we were picking which episodes to watch, there were some clips from a, an article that I had found online that give you like an idea of what the episode is about. And they mention actually like a, a cross street that I'm quite familiar with. And I was like, I wonder where the 99 actually is. So Obviously, it's fictional, but I looked at the so map So there isn't in there. a 99th Precinct. I don't believe so. I don't know that they would be able to use that if it was. So the 99th Precinct, according to the map in their office, is to the west of, of Prospect Park, which means that it's basically Park Slope, uh, Gowanus, per, uh, possibly Carroll Gardens and Cobble Hill, all of which are very nice and very now safe neighborhoods. Um, but I thought which, that the Gowanus neighborhood had uh, irradiated uh, river creatures in it. It does. But, but you think they're also, not river cops? No. Could you imagine? Um, <laughs> no. Like, I don't know if it stretches as far as Gowanus because Gowanus is pretty much pretty towards the water. But like, it's definitely Park Slope probably Carroll Gardens and Cobble Hill, which are all, like, really nice, really, really nice neighborhoods. 
And so it's just sort of funny to me that they're like talking about like the grisly murders on, you know, when, when they go to the captain's house, I'm assuming the captain lives in Park Slope because that's where all the really nice brownstones are. And it's funny to hear Jake talk about like, oh, I, I solved a double homicide on the street. I'm like, okay, nobody's... Nobody wait, 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 wait. The street that what? you and I grew up on, which was 100% suburban fantasy, big lots of big lawns and big colonials and big split levels and high yeah. property taxes for the nice schools... Do you remember yeah. what happened across the street from us? Oh, do we want to get into that? I, I'll just summarize for the listeners, which is that the husband was caught trying to murder the wife by piping the carbon dioxide output, sorry, carbon monoxide output, I guess, of their car through a tube out of the exhaust into her bedroom window that she thankfully woke up and caught. And it is believed that he murdered his mother-in-law while she was living with them. Grizzly murders are found everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Doesn't matter if you're a nice neighborhood. The more you know. Do do do. But it's just it it is in terms of the kind of I would say like maybe more street level crime, I would pick almost any other neighborhood in Brooklyn. <laughs> like if they, if they said they were in Yeah, but my I think the fact that they're sort of they're sort of the fact that they're sort of they're not inept, but they're sort of comically yeah, not yeah, on yeah. Their a, a game. You'd have, it works you'd have better when in, the neighborhood's yes. not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. If they were like, "Oh, we're in East New York," I'd be like, "You cannot. No, all of you get out. You're too soft for East New York." <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so soft. <laughs> yeah, they're very. Yeah, they're too soft and fuzzy. So it it does make a lot of sense. But it just it made me happy to like understand where they were geographically. But I did think it was sort of funny that they were talking about all these, like, grizzly murders. And, like, Park Slope is where you, the, all the baby strollers are and uh, where you go for, baby like, strollers really nice with brunch. deadly babies in them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, it's, it's fun to watch a, a Brooklyn-based show. And I want to watch more of it because I think it'd be fun to, yes. like, see all the... Yeah. Set so let me talk about why this hits the spot for me in a way that Parks and Rec doesn't yeah yeah not to not to slag on parks and rec which i think i admitted in our last parks and rec episode was like a fine show and something i might watch if i were housebound (laughs) this is (laughs) (laughs) parks and rec okay you know what that's like i'm sorry you know what that's like go ahead what so our dad's mom when she when our dad would bring a girl home and our dad's mom didn't like the girl but she was too polite to say so would just say she's very nice and that was it right and that's how dad well knew. I, I well okay i mean she didn't like anybody dad brought home but that's okay that's true. I, <laughs> yeah and i'm not and i'm not i'm not being that sort of like level of like icy irish non-committal <laughs> i'm i i genuinely thought parks and rec was good but the reason that brooklyn 99 really hits for me is a few things first of all it is more zany than parks mm-hmm. and rec is mm-hmm. it's more zany than the office is too although the office achieves higher levels of zany than parks and rec just by the presence of michael scott <laughs> but the 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 Brooklyn Nine Nine sort of the slightly higher energy, much more wacky. You know, on the grand scale of sitcoms, it's it's 
a little further in the direction of 30 Rock. It's obviously not at full 30 Rock. That would be crazy. But it's it's trending more towards the kind of out there. That definitely is a big factor for me and why I strongly prefer it. Mm-hmm. But I also think a major thing is who the protagonist is. So the protagonist of The Good Place is Eleanor, who is a complicated person. She is pretty morally bad in her lifetime, although she has a few shining moments of awesome. She struggles and gets a lot better in the afterlife, and she has a lot of complicated relationships, and she's very imperfect, and but she's self-deprecating. And she has a lot in common with an eternal demon, which is... <laughs> Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And the protagonist of Brooklyn Nine-Nine seems to be this Jake character who, by his own admission, is, like, not good at feelings and kind of de- deflects real conversations with jokes and is sort of willfully silly. And, you know, that whole thing about wanting to dress up like a longshoreman <laughs> and, to, like, have a fake longshoreman name. Like, that's kind of nuts, right? But it's, yeah. like, a fun kind of nuts. He's... Yeah. I would say neither he nor Eleanor is, like, lawful good, right? I mean... But he's I don't also, know... He is, though. He is... He is the law. I'll grant you that. He is the law. And, and I think the... So the point is... I watched, like, a little sort of summary video of the pilot. And the point is... Not... Is this for, a fan video or... No, no. Or... This is a, was just a clip from whatever network... Fox, whatever network they were on. Which is that he is one of their best detectives, if not the best detective. So he is like a... So he's like Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, he's like emotionally a child, but really good at solving murders. He's just not good at like anything else. Are they specifically a homicide squad? No, because they're no, all doing kind of different... Not. Okay, so he, but okay. he's really good at solving crime. Okay. So And so, to me, Eleanor and Jake are both, like, really interesting, flawed kind of characters. Whereas, for me, Leslie Nope doesn't strike the same chord. Like, she's very lawful good. So the irony, I was thinking about this a lot last night as I was struggling to fall asleep. And I, I, and I thought to myself, like, the irony of this is that, like, I probably am Leslie Nope way more than I am Eleanor or Jake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am a very lawful good person and... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not very type A. I mean, I let a lot of things slip through the cracks, which just reminds me that uh, tomorrow my kid's supposed to go to a birthday party. I did an RSVP too. But, I, you know, I, I'm also not willfully unambitious the way Eleanor is, and I'm not a giant goofball the way that Jake is. Like, I'm a little bit more maybe, I don't know if staid is the right word, but maybe a little more boring the way that Leslie is. So like, I feel like I kind of am Leslie and yet she's not who I want to watch as the protagonist of a show. Like I want to watch someone who is kind of a bit of a left turn from myself, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's also, it's also more fun. Cause it's a little bit more of like a, almost maybe like a wish fulfillment thing or, a, you know, I don't know if I want to be see. dead. Just saying. Oh, Eleanor. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> I, you know, and I was thinking, like, who, which one of them would I want to go to lunch with? And the answer is not Eleanor, right? Eleanor would rip me to shreds. <laughs> maybe Jake, maybe, but like, probably Leslie is the one who, like, I could actually have a discussion with about, like, Eleanor Roosevelt, right? So I don't know. It, it's the difference between, like, what you want in real life and what you want in entertainment. Mm-hmm. No, that makes, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. 
Um, and I think your point about it being a little zanier is also like, you know, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more laugh out loud funny, I definitely laughed out loud more at this than I did at Parks and Rec, I think. I laughed a ton at this. I mean, like, obnoxious laughter. It was great. I didn't have a ton of... I didn't laugh out loud a lot, but when I but when I did, it was like... I, I, I definitely enjoyed myself, and it was a lot of fun. I'm a and... sucker for New Yorker jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, I also think, you know, the nice thing about th- this crew... Is that like, I, I think maybe one of the other things, and this might go along with it being zany, is that like, with the exception of like the two old white guy cops, like everybody else has like a really, like almost in some ways, like too strong personality. Like Gina <laughs> is definitely Gina. Diaz is definitely Diaz. Like Diaz kind of had shades of April, don't you think? Yes. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Which is hilarious because... I watched an interview with Stephanie Beatriz, who's the actress who plays her. She is okay. not like her at all in real life. She is bubbly. Her her voice is like an octave higher than it is when she plays <laughs> Diaz. Um, she she's like she's like fans are usually like really pretty disappointed that I'm not more like Rosa. <laughs> and she's like, you know, they just they asked me to like do the voice or like can I make the face in a selfie with them? And I'm happy to do it. It's just like not who I am. but i love it yeah um but and like you know jake is really zany so it is like i think that's probably you know the good place spends a lot of time creating all of these like very distinct characteristics for their main characters who are sort of flawed or selfish or weird but then they all are like you know they're team cockroach and i think brooklyn 99 is also team cockroach there's just too many of them. I mean, that's the only flaw in the show that that was real for me was like, mm-hmm. okay, the good place is four humans and a not a robot and Michael. And I can keep track of those. I can keep track of six people. Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nine-Nine is like 12 people. And I, I can't lot. do it. I, I was like, who's this guy now? Is this part? What is this? Who? <laughs> Why is there a help? <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. And I think that is just the function of, like, you need a fully staffed police precinct, but, like, maybe you shouldn't have a show about all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in Harry Potter, which I know you haven't read, but in Harry Potter... Blowing up my spot you know, over here. Well, you know, the books are available, is all I'm saying. <laughs> in Harry Potter, you have, like, our three protagonists, right? And they have, like, allegedly an entire, like cohort of students in their year at Hogwarts, most of whom never even get named. (laughs) And you'll be like, hey, are there other students in their year who are female besides the one we've met? And J.K. Rowling's like, oh, yeah, I mean, they exist. I just didn't didn't write about them. (laughs) It's funny, right? Because it's like, really, their names didn't come up in seven years, but whatever, fine. It would be the same thing here, right? It'd be like, oh, yeah, there's just always these same background characters kind of running around, like, solving crimes. But we're not gonna give them lines yeah Yeah. it's a little bit more like parks and rec in that way because they had all these people in the office who were supposed to be background yeah you know scully reminded me of the guy who was married to christy brinkley in parks and rec yeah jerry yeah jerry scully reminded me of jerry a lot yeah that makes sense (laughs) to the point where i was like 
is that the same actor? I was like, no, and it's not the same actor, actually, but it's close. There was an overlap in a Parks and Rec actor with uh, in the episode, the the B and B episode, when he opens the he he's banging on the door to try and get Eva Longoria to take him back in, and he oh, yeah. opens the door and it's an old guy. That's um, one of the councilmen from Parks and Recreation. Whoa, is this I a shared universe? I could it be Pawnee, Indiana, and Brooklyn, New York at the same around? Well, the same time? he wasn't I... in Brooklyn at the time. He was in some random upstate town. That's true. That probably had a lot of fireworks stores, <laughs> as they normally. do. If I know anything yes. about driving through upstate New York to watch you graduate from college, <laughs> fireworks stores and fireworks adult and... video stores. <laughs> hey, man, don't knock. <laughs> Don't knock up. And apparently um, a lot of maple syrup because they have the maple teenies. <laughs> yes. Like, is that oh, just syrup? That looked gross. <laughs> oh. So we have to we have to get through all this other stuff. So let, I guess let's put Brooklyn Nine-Nine on a shelf for now. Although I'm perfectly happy to come back to it at some point. Yeah. I just want to reiterate that I love Gina and Diaz. I think they're great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, basically every female character on the show felt more interesting than Amy did. That's fair. So it's kind of funny that she's like the romantic interest, but whatever. Maybe I'll watch some more of it and I'll, then I'll be like, Brianna, send me links to those hot fan vids. <laughs> so okay, I haven't made some other any stuff. yet. So at least I no, got that it going would take, it would take skills that you don't have. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm, you're hitting me right here. I mean, anyway. I don't have them either. I can't do video editing. I don't know the first thing about video editing. I barely know the first thing about audio editing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to save the spoiler stuff for very last. So the first okay. thing I'm going to talk about is that season two is coming to Netflix on August 28th. Tell your friends. Uh, I did tweet about this. And I said, how should we celebrate? And Mitch suggested that we simultaneously live tweet season two, episode one on August 28th, which is actually a pretty good idea. (laughs) That like you and I both have our Twitters open and are both live tweeting it as we watch it. We would actually be able to watch it together because we're going to be on a family vacation on August 28th. Oh, yeah, we could. We could do that. Yeah. So I am very open to that idea. Cool. And we will we'll probably do it if I get if I get any say in it. Which is you get all the say in it. You're the older <laughs> yeah, sister. I'm the, I'm the big sister. <laughs> I talked to listener Joel about nosedive, and he was saying that he saw it as a metaphor for being an introvert in a world of extroverts. Snooze. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, I mean you and I are both extroverts, so maybe we can't really empathize here, but sort of saying how it makes all of this implicit social interaction stuff explicit. And so in a way, it's sort of comforting for introverts, but in a way, it means they have to perform even more. And Bryce Dallas Howard and her brother are really introverts sort of trying to make it work in this extrovert world, which I thought was an interesting take. I just wanted to put it out there, you know. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I didn't get the sense that maybe I didn't necessarily get the sense that she was an introvert, but there's almost no way that you could perform being an introvert in that world. So maybe that's not fair of me. Yeah. If it were a feature length film, maybe with some flashbacks, maybe we could kind of get a sense of that. But yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know who she is at all because we see very little, little of her inner world. Yeah. Okay. This is the last part. If you don't want to hear spoilers, Turn off your episode now and we will see you next week. Maybe fan fiction. We're not sure yet. 
So a listener who had not gotten in touch with us before, his name is John. He's at University of Hawaii. He said that some spoiler website has the first 11 episodes of season three. He has the titles for them. So I'm going to step through. Yeah, I know. I'm going to step through those. And although he says, like, it's it's very much not confirmed and it's it's hard to know how how accurate this is. Also, shouts to this listener out in Hawaii. Thank you for sticking with us. Is it you think it's more difficult to listen to podcasts in Hawaii? No, I just mean, like, that's, you know, we're all the way on the East Coast and it's it's kind of cool to think about. <laughs> I just mean, it's, it's kind of cool to think about a listener. We, mean, we also know. have listeners in Europe. Shouts to them too. I'm not trying yeah. to, you know. Shouts to everyone who's us. not on the Eastern Seaboard. Everyone on the Eastern Seaboard can go fork yourselves. Everyone else, you're a cool, cool listener, and we love you. <laughs> yeah, so, that's exactly what I meant. Whatever. I know. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> season three. Okay, I'm going to go through these. Everything is Bonzer. B O N Z E R. Part one. Everything is Bonzer. Part two. The Brainy Bunch. The Cloning of Agamemnon. That's cool, such cool. a cheaty title. Such a cheat. cheat. Mm. Jeremy Baramy, as in a bear named Jeremy, named by a small child. Jeremy Baramy. The Ballad of Donkey Doug. Which is a Jason's f- friend. Jason's pal. Mm-hmm. A Fractured Inheritance. Reboot 445. Don't let the good life pass you by. This next one, I actually have to pronounce the punctuation. Janet, open parenthesis, S, close parenthesis. The book of Doug. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brianna, it's your it's your prediction coming true. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm very excited. Wait, Donkey Doug isn't Doug Forsyth, right? Is that my pronouncing his last night right? Last oh name my right? god, is it? <laughs> no. No, because no, Doug Forsyth is from Canada. Not from Jacksonville. I mean, maybe he moved. But yeah, I didn't get the sense that Donkey Doug was a nerdy He's also white in the Canadian. 70s. It was also <laughs> right. in the 70s, wasn't it? It would have been a little Yes, tough. it was. So that would be very strange for Jason to be hanging out with a guy like 30 years his senior who was white and Canadian. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't strike me as a Jason who has Jason. a dance crew and a girlfriend who steals boogie boards and alligators. <laughs> right, Canadians are too polite to do those things. The Book of Doug, Doug Forsyth, right? I mean, it's got. I mean, I, I guess mean, it I'm could assuming. be Donkey Doug, but it's got it's got to be this guy, right? Like, we're I'm finally assuming. gonna see the thing that you wanted to see, which is this Canadian weirdo who hallucinated the good and bad. This is the, the thing I've been like stomping my feet about for like episodes and episodes. Years. I'm like, I'm like, I need more Doug Forsyth. And you're like, get I mean, over greater it. than a zero amount of Doug Forsyth. <laughs> now we're gonna get at least one whole episode about it. I'm very the cloning excited. of Agamemnon. Uh, I th- at first I was like, is this a Theseus's ship thing? Which is like a problem in philosophy about when you replace something piece by piece, is it still the same thing? But, I mean, I, it's possible, but Theseus and Agamemnon aren't even in the same myth. So I think that's that's a non-starter. Reboot 445 makes me very nervous. I I almost think it's the one where... 
If I had to guess, I would say it's the one where Chidi and Eleanor tell each other that they love each other. Wait, they, wait, what reboot are they on now? 800 something. Oh, okay. 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 I forgot that. Okay, I feel better. Yeah. It doesn't okay. mean that they're going forward into more reboots. It means they're going back to some prior reboot. Okay. Yeah. The one where they fall, probably the one where they fall in love. Let's be real. That's something that the yeah. show obviously cares a lot about. And I yeah. also care a lot about. I just rewatched that hot diggity dog clip on YouTube. See, you do <laughs> it too. This is a show that I legit watch and in fact host a podcast about. <laughs> I'm not going to seek out. Some show I never watched, like on One Tree Hill. Was there some sort of teen romance on One Tree Hill? Let me watch a fan bit about it. I've never sunk as low as One Tree Hill, but <laughs> okay, that's some good. Others. The Brainy Bunch, Jeremy Baramy. I'd like to know what Bonzer means, if it means anything. Well, it's like, so it's obviously a play on everything is fine. Everything is great. And now it's like, everything is uh, really super great, you guys. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Actually, wait, wait, wait. So I just looked it up. It's Australian for excellent <gasps> or first rate. So they're in Australia. Oh, they're in Australia. Oh, <laughs> Eleanor. <laughs> Chelenor, if you will. Which I, mean, I will. We, We've confirmed for sure that it is. I mean, Michael sure has confirmed that they're actually in Australia. So, and it's real, oh, did so. we ever talk about that? We did. We talked about it on the podcast, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we did. That, but let's just reiterate for those who may have missed an episode that Mike yeah. sure said in an interview, "Word of God, time has been rewound. This is not a simulation. They are actually back on Earth. Their deaths have been undone, which is crazy." And yeah. they are living their lives as they would have had they not been killed in freak accidents. Yeah. So Jason should probably be in jail. The... Right? Or he got out of the safe and they ran away. Maybe he's married to Pillboy. <laughs> <laughs> so they have spousal immunity. Yes. So so we've, we've got two episodes in Australia with Chelinor. Yay. It's wonderful. Everything is Bonzer. <laughs> um, I don't know about the rest of them. I don't know what a fractured inheritance would mean. I mean, it's impossible. They, they they very purposefully do not make their episode titles anything but opaque, right? Yeah. Although Janet, but it does probably a good Janet and a bad Janet maybe facing off. I get the sense, and I think I think actually Mike Sure did confirm this in interviews. I get the sense from reading these titles, particularly "Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By," which is a late one. It's like the it's like the ninth episode in this list. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me think they're still alive nine episodes in. And I think Mike mm-hmm. Sure did say that a significant part of the third season takes place on Earth, which is just wow. kind of nuts to me. I mean, because we they're not going to, and I think we've talked about this before, they're not paying Ted Danson to not be on the show, right? <laughs> like, Ted Danson's quote is too high for him to not be on the show. And also, he's the only one who, of them who just got an Emmy nomination, except uh, Ian pointed out to me that actually Maya Rudolph got a, like, a guest cameo Emmy nomination or whatever. Still not enough but Emmy nominations for me. Not even close. But but Ted Danson's the only series regular who got an Emmy nomination, so they're not going to write him out for the majority of season three. So that means what? Is he going to just keep appearing as a weird bartender? 
I mean, just, and then Eleanor's we... gonna be like, "I'm sorry, what are you doing in Australia?" And he's like, uh, "I'm my twin brother." <laughs> maybe we get like a kind of a split thing that they did on the Office when some of the characters were in like Stanford or New York, where you have like Janet and Michael in the good or bad place or in the you know middle ground with Jen and then you have and he's watching everybody on earth I can't believe we still have to wait two months for this season premiere this is gonna be a rough one guys I don't know what, I don't know what we're gonna I'm do I'm feeling pretty done with not having any new good place <laughs> I've been pretty patient guys but patience is not a virtue of mine and I feel like I have suffered long enough and I have done my penance by doing this podcast about things like Nosedive and Made in America and I want my good place now. <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. Don't we, we all? all do. Yes. <laughs> Should we wrap up? I think that's a good thing to wrap up on. <sighs> yeah, my ranting and raving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to wrap up on. Until next time. Ah! Puppets! <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time, Ding Dong. Bye.